Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Mark Lichter. We are your hosts for this morning's Real Presence Live. We're coming to you live from Aberdeen, South Dakota. I think we're probably the only two people out and about this morning, Father. We are having a blizzard. We are having a blizzard, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. Okay. I love the the <laughs> snow and the wind flo- flowing around. It, and you know, it, it, there's something about growing up in this part of the, the area, the Midwest, and hearing the wind howling. That yeah, you're like, it's a comforting feeling because you know you get school called off. The school's called <laughs> off. We closed our office. We can look outside. We can walk outside. It's awesome. It is awesome. Quiet. Beautiful. Well, let's get our day started off the right way, shall we? If you'll start us in prayer. Yes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we come before you today knowing you are with us, that you walk with us very closely. Uh, we ask that you guide us, and we thank you for the gift of uh, Real Presence Radio and all the evangelization and the work that they do, uh, the graces that they receive, and also that you continue to pour out your love and grace upon all the listeners today, all those that support Real Presence Radio. We ask you to be with all of our guests today, those that are uh, um, going to be on the phone and those that call in. The Lord will bring uh, grace and healing to them also. We ask all this through Jesus, who lives forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Very good. Well, thank you for trudging over here, Father, this morning in the piles of snow to join us. Yeah, we have about 60 foot to get here. (laughs) (laughs) It's not too hard. (laughs) Well, Gregory, tell us. We have a big show lined up this morning. Tell us what we got going on. So coming up this morning, we often hear that a family who prays together stays together, but what about a family who sings together? We'll hear how one family is sharing their gift of music this Lent. And we'll also take a quick tour around the area to look at the events happening near you during our 10-minute tour, and the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Do you know what this means? Especially when looking at the season of Lent, we'll get some insight as we visit with Todd Tobin of the Diocese of Rapid City. All this and much more coming up this morning. Wonderful. Thank you, Gregory. Mm-hmm, How no are problem. the roads up in the Fargo area? They're actually pretty clean, so, <coughs> or for now, so mm. fingers crossed, I guess. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Gregory, for mm-hmm. that update. So we're going to head in. I'm, I'm intrigued by this first guest, uh, Father Mark Lichter, because the question is, who comes first, your kids or your spouse? And I think you probably know the answer, but we're going to get to talk to uh, Father Nick Nelson now. Good morning, Father Nick. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, Heather and Father Mark. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Father Nick. So you come in contact with a lot of different families, and they have a lot of different issues um, back and forth. And I'm sure um, 
marriage is one of the issues that you come across with some of these families. So the question has been asked, who comes first, your kids or your spouse? Yes, and it's a, it's a very good question, and oftentimes people ask priests, what do they know about marriage? You know, they're, they're not married. Yeah. And although I don't have the direct experience of being married to a wife, I do come in contact with so many marriages and families. And so I have some experience in that, and plus the fact as well, I grew up in a family. I came from a mom and dad, only mm-hmm. six kids. So I'm not going to come out and say that all the time and every time your spouse has to come first. You know, if a child is sick, we had a date night planned, you know, and so you'd leave the child with the babysitter and still go out. No. But I do think many of us, too much of the focus has been on the kids to the detriment of the marriage. I think sometimes some will think that our time together we had before the kids were born, but now that we have kids, let's focus on the kids and on the fact that we don't have any time together. Well, that's just part of life. But I don't think we should settle mm-hmm. for that. Um, in fact, marriage doesn't only come first chronologically. Ideally, at least, it's first metaphysically. You know, it's the foundation for children. You look at marriage as a sacrament. It's a sign of the Father and the Son's love of the Trinity. And their love is so real that it actually makes a whole other divine person, the Holy Spirit. The same thing, the love between a husband and wife. So real that sometimes nine months later... You have to give it a name. The child is the real expression of the love of his father and mother, and that's why, you know, not just chronologically, but even metaphysically, you know, the marriage of spouses need to come first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm a mother of one child, and my uh, sister has five, okay. and children tend to take up a lot of your time. <laughs> a lot of your focus. What advice would you give to us parents on how do you start? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening thinking, Gal, you know, we do focus on the children. <laughs> what steps would yeah. you take or advise to start changing that dynamic? Yeah, it all starts with intentionality. You gotta be intentional about it. When we were in the seminary Monday night, we'd have diocesan, or we'd have hall nights. Everyone in the hall got together. Tuesday night, we had the diocesan night, so all those from our diocese, we'd get together. Wednesday night, we would have our kind of smallest attorney get together. And some guys kind of complained about this. They, you know, they kind of like more spontaneous type of gatherings, get-togethers. But Mm -hmm. unless you're going to actually plan it and be intentional about it, Things aren't just going to happen. It's not going to happen automatically. So husbands and wives spending time there must be intentional. And one of the things um, is something for couples for marriages called Teams of Our Lady, where couples get together about uh, once a month for a meal and talk and discuss. And in Teams of the Lady, one of the things I suggest is creating a rule of life. You know, you think of uh, monks or religious sisters. They have a rule of life, certain things they do throughout the day. Um, even priests, in a sense, we kind of have that certain times we pray. Um, and I think that can be so beneficial for um, a couple to have a rule of life, you know, waking up at a certain time and praying together, um, as well as, you know, at night spending 10 minutes together, even just to, to talk. You know, maybe once a month, at least, you know, going out for dinner, 
uh, once a year or maybe a weekend uh, together. So that intentionality, I think, is so important. And then, yeah, having courage to make the, those changes, even if they're kind of drastic, uh, so you can spend time with your spouse. Very good. So um, I'm thinking on, a, we're telling parents that they need to spend more time together as a couple. So are there, is there evidence? Is there a reasoning behind why we think this is so important? Yeah. um, You know, one, just the obvious, I think you'd say, okay, um, just for couples to show and express each other's love for each other. But it's also the fact that the kids do better when their their parents are Mm -hmm. loving and caring for each other. They the kids, they need that sense of security. They need that sense of safety. And to see that uh, the child's mother and father, for them to see that both of them are together and they love each other um, is so important. I, my dad is a, a surgeon, and so I can remember him coming back from work in the evening and sometimes a little later, and um, nights maybe when we're not off uh, running and doing sports, but eating dinner there, and he would come home and, you know, he'd come and hug my mom, squeeze her, and give her a kiss. And us kids, you know, mm. the younger we were, we were kind of like, you, you know. And um, as we got older, we're like, okay, whatever. This is goofy. But deep down inside, subconsciously, you know, we longed for that. We longed to see um, our father and our mother loving each other and that they were united in that way. So I think that's so important that the, the love, the time spent of a mom and dad together, husband and wife, um, gives so much more peace to even the child. Mm-hmm. Well, and talk a little bit about, you know, that opportunity where your father goes and gives your mother a hug, how that's actually educating the children. Yeah. You know, it shows um, kids as they grow up how to treat each other, you know, especially boys. You know, mm-hmm. boys growing up need to know how to, to treat women and uh, manhood especially, mm-hmm. it's not something that necessarily comes naturally, but needs to be taught to his wife. And for a father to, you know, come home and embrace his wife and uh, show her that, that love in that way, and then for a wife to show, express her respect for her husband in that way, um, so important. It's definitely a teaching, teaching moment. Mm-hmm. Beautiful moment. So if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Father Nick Nelson. Um, We're kind of discussing who comes first, your kids or your spouse. And I I think that what I'm hearing from you, Father Nick, is that not one is more important than the other necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, They both take of our time, but to not forget to, to, to develop that relationship with your spouse. So let's go into a spousal role. What is the overall... Um, goal or job of a spouse for the church has laid it out. Yeah, very good question. Um, I've had the honor of celebrating four nuptial masses for my siblings. So four of my Mm -hmm. siblings siblings have gotten married and been able to to each of their their weddings. And uh, at each of them at the reception, you know, my father, my dad has given a father of the bride for three of them and a father of a the groom's speech. And he always put in that speech, 
you know, speaking to them, your job is to get your spouse to heaven. Your spouse, is, your job is to get your spouse to heaven. That's essentially how you know you'll be judged <laughs> whether your marriage is successful mm-hmm. or not in that way. And I think that that's so true that um, your spouse is supposed to be the father, God the Father's love through you, and vice versa. Uh, that that kindness, that um, unconditional love. Um, to see in them the fact what's so great about married love is your spouse. Your spouse knows your fall, your failures, your weaknesses, and yet still chooses to love you anyway. That that's the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about marriage of love, and that spouses are meant their job to get their spouse to heaven. Father Nick, I, I'm this is Father Mark here. I just was. Yeah. Uh, you know, I know that uh, a lot of times the families uh, struggle today with, uh, they end up um, doing so much with their children that they end up uh, over a period of years drifting away from each other because yeah. of th- there's so many activities with the kids. And, and there's a real challenge today, I think, with uh, balancing that out. But uh, so many, they're so active now. Uh, everybody's in everything, mm-hmm. and they're taking them everywhere. And I just see this uh, tremendous pressure on spouses not getting together, not dating, you know, not taking time yep. for each other. And I see that as very uh, challenging. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I've seen that as well. I can't even grow up with it. You know, even I think it's more of an ideal family life. We still were all playing sports. We played soccer and hockey you know, we were gone on weekends for tournaments and stuff. Um, but I think we need to even kind of question the, uh, the, the role sports have in our lives, um, the activity, maybe limit the amount of sports, one a season, you know, for our kids. Um, and to realize as well that as husband and wife, um, we should be working together for our kids. That's what brings us together is we're working together for our kids, not individually parallel lives, each doing their own thing, but what ultimately should bring us together is we are working together to care for and to, to serve our kids. So we should actually see it bringing us together. If it's bringing us apart, then that, that's something that um, means we got to work on our priorities a little bit. But it's that intentionality and having courage, in a sense, to be maybe a little different uh, than the world. So for those parents that are that are really busy, and um, to both of you, Father Mark and Father Nick, I would think praying together as a couple would be vital. What if the couple has never prayed together? How would you begin? It, I would think it would be awkward at first. What advice would you give to them? Yes, it is. You're right, Heather. Um, when I do marriage prep with couples, I'll bring them to the church and I'll say, okay, um, I want you to hold hands. <laughs> I have a hold hands, and then we'll pray a decade together. And I'll say, yeah, it's a little awkward, you know, holding hands and praying together. But mm-hmm. it can also be one of the most intimate moments, you know. Again, you're united together. You're, you're this one flesh. You're one adventure together, doing uh, your life together in this way. You're on this pilgrimage, adventure together, and praying together is such a beautiful way to express that. Um, it's us and together and God with us um, on this walk. Mm-hmm. I remember my parents, they didn't always do this, but I can remember 
waking up in the morning once, going to work in the summer, and uh, they'd be sitting in the living room in the kind of dark with a candle lighting, and they would pray, um, pray together, and they'd pray for each of us individually and our future spouses. Um, such a powerful thing mm. to know that your parents are praying for your future spouses as well. But yeah, the pray, the praying together is, is essential. And it's simple, just making time. It doesn't even need to be 10 minutes. It's going to be three minutes, you know? And our Father, our Hail Mary, mm-hmm. glory be together, mention their kids' names. And then you realize when you're going off for the day, even if you're doing different things, you're still together, um, united with that prayer, united in the fact that that one flesh union continues, even through the day if you're physically separated. Uh, I don't know if this is your experience, Father Nick, but yeah. I think that a lot of times when you have couples that visit with you or for marriage preparation, um, they look at you with, uh, like you have five heads or whatever <laughs> when you say something about prayer. I think a majority yeah. of the couples do not pray together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would say that a lot of our married couples don't pray together. But I think what the one of the bigger obstacles is the fact that they... They, when you say prayer, they think you got to go for like an hour and a half or something, <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know, to try to keep it as simple as you can. And yeah. I always say to them, and I think this is helpful, come together at night even for five minutes and just say what's on your heart and then saying, Our Father, you're a Hail Mary or glory be or whatever. But it doesn't have to be long. It just can be exactly. opening yourself up a little bit to what's going on during the day and then bringing that to God. Um, but there's something beautiful about even the simplicity of it. They, I think mm. they get kind of overwhelmed, like they got to do all gotta kinds of different things. Got to find a workbook or something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it it's, it, it so it's very, a very simple thing. Does not mm-hmm. have to be fancy yeah. at all. No. I have to share too. There's one 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 time when um, my parents, I would I would come home at times, and you could hear them praying at night. That's beautiful. Uh, fr- from the bedroom, and uh, that was always a comforting thing to know that they were yeah. praying together. And I think yeah. that that was a great example to the kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Father Nelson. We are out of time this morning. Okay, thank you for having me, Heather and Father Mark, and God bless you. Yeah, thank right. you, Father Nick. Time for our first break this morning. We've heard that a family that prays together stays together, but what about a family that sings together? We'll find out after this break. Stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Father Brian Cuiava of the Diocese of Crookston. One of my favorite things in the entire world is spending time in adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, Jesus gives himself to us in his body and his blood in the Holy Eucharist. And it's such a gift for him to be like living in our midst in a very special and unique way. He's with us in the Holy Eucharist where he gives us his body and his blood, not only for us to consume and at Holy Mass and Holy Communion, but also so that we can go to Him periodically throughout the day, periodically throughout the week, throughout the months, uh, whatever it is, to spend time with Him, just to simply adore Him, to offer our prayers to Him, to offer our suffering, to talk to Him about our joys and and our struggles, to just simply be with Him. So I just really want to encourage you to, to find a church where the Blessed Sacrament is found and to spend some time there just to adore Jesus and simply be with Him and to rest with Him in silence. 
Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio. Did you know the signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming? Have you ever thought about running radio spots on the RPR network? We want to partner with you to help gain exposure for your business in front of a very faithful customer base. To find out more about your options, please call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Here's a special programming note. Sunday, March 17th, marks the second Sunday of Lent and traditionally the feast day of St. Patrick. Because of this, at 11 a.m. Central Time, Augustine Institute Radio Theater will present The Trials of St. Patrick, a new and lively look into St. Patrick's spiritual odyssey through hardship, loss, and forgiveness, plus what inspired him to evangelize the very nation where he had been enslaved. It's the special presentation, The Trials of St. Patrick, Sunday, March 17th, beginning at 11 a.m. Central. Don't miss it. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join in the conversation on our Facebook page and be sure to like us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Mark Lichter. Are you sure about that? I'm, I'm waking <laughs> up. I'm ready to go. All right. Had a good morning this morning. We've been talking about marriage this morning, and we're going to continue that topic in a different way. Uh, this morning, we have Chase Kramer on the line. Good morning, Chase. Good morning. How are you? Oh, doing all right. Dealing with water in, in the basement this morning with some weather we've been having. but <laughs> Yeah, down in Sioux Falls, we've had a lot of flooding, and I'm sure Yankton, I don't know if you've seen pictures of Yankton, has huge flooding, and the whole the whole area is just kind of a mess. That's why it's so nice yeah. to be in Aberdeen where it's still solid snow. <laughs> solid and snow up here, folks. Solid <laughs> snow. <laughs> but we're gonna, we'll probably yeah. get uh, a little flooding ourselves, so you have to pray for us. We'll pray for you down there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, your wife, Rachel, was going to join us, but she has laryngitis, and so we're going to let her yep. voice rest. So it's up to you, Chase, this morning. Um, describe a little bit. Rachel Kramer is your wife, and she is... Uh, music director over at O'Gorman High School in Sioux Falls, correct? Correct. Yep. Um, so just a little bit about ourselves. Yeah, we live in Sioux Falls. We, we're members of the Cathedral of St. Joseph, which is um, Mother Church of the, the Sioux Falls Diocese. We've got a couple kids, um, ages 10 months, and and uh, the oldest is almost three. And I'm an architect in, in Sioux Falls at TSP. And like you said, Rachel's the choral oh. director at O'Gorman High School. So, very good. Now, wh- how did you guys meet? I'm a, I'm going to go out on a ledge here and ask this question. Did you guys meet in college? We did meet in college, actually through um, music, which is which is kind of that passion we both share. Um, she, well, let's see. We actually met through. Um, we both went to Augustana College, Augustana University. Now. Um, 
and met through choir there and through the kind of Viking Variety's talent show they have. Um, I was doing a piano piece and singing, and she was in another act, and she, I kind of apparently caught her attention. She wouldn't leave me alone. So. <laughs> oh, is that, oh, oh, yeah, oh, you, could, you totally can go that way. She's not That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So. so what is it? I, I'm very passionate about singing and music. What is it like sharing that with a spouse? You know, it's, it's, it's something special to Rachel and I. Um, you know, it, the music to us, it's like the one thing we share and can do together. And it's actually, interesting enough, the, the thing that brought me into the church um, when I met her, because I'm, I'm I went through RCIA back in 2012, so I've been a Catholic my whole life. Um, but it was through music and, and being involved in that ministry at um, the church that Rachel was going to that helped bring me into the church and understand and grow this appreciation um, for the Catholic Church. Um, and so that, that kind of connection has just grown stronger and deeper, I think, as we continue to sing together, whether it's, you know, joint cantering at Mass um, in the past or now with our uh, Gola group we sing for. We sing for the symphony chorus um, in the past as well. We sing mm. for uh, weddings frequently as well. So, Wow, that must be a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's great to be able to share that with you with guys. For sure. So you guys sing a lot over at the cathedral together. Correct. Okay. Yep. All right. And then you guys have something special that's going on just during Lent. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's actually the main thing we sing for at cathedral um, is is and this occurs during Advent Lent. We've been doing this for about six or seven years now, but. Um, we have a special uh, solemn vesper service on Sunday evenings during Lent um, that we sing for. Uh, we're actually singing. There, there's a lot of chant and psalmody um, as part of it, but then um, we add into it with our scholar group, um, Renaissance Polyphony. We have a prelude um, that we usually do for Lent. Agrippa Nostras has got uh, various versions by different composers from you know the 1500s, 1600s that we sing. Um, we do. Uh, uh, some Renaissance polyphony for the Magnificat as part of the, the prayer service. And then um, we usually have a post food, the Ave Regina, um, during Lent that we do as well. And it's, it's really nice. I mean, it, that, that kind of music is just meant for that kind of space at the cathedral. It's just, just gorgeous in there with the acoustics. So. Chase, it's amazing. Um, that goes way over my head. <laughs> 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 it's a... It's like a it's like a new language for me. <laughs> well, I'm sitting here looking at Father Mark like, do you know what that is? Because <laughs> I <laughs> well, sure know. Well, we'd like you to I'm come up, up to, come up to Aberdeen and and help us a little bit up here with our vespers. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, for those of for those that are listening that don't know what vespers are, can we get a, a description on what vespers what it is? Sure. Um, it. You know, I, I I guess I don't have. Um, maybe, Father, you've got a better description of it. it you know, it's an evening prayer service, and, and what we're, we pray on Sundays is Psalm Vespers, and actually it's the bishop who celebrates it, um, Bishop Swain. Um, and so as part of it, there's a, you know, we have these, these Psalm of these, we sing a hymn at the beginning. Um, we have our Renaissance Polyphony that's inserted kind of different points during the service. Um, the bishop has a small little homily usually after the reading, and the reading's always the same each week for Lent. Um, and then, actually, with the Solemn Vespers, we end with the benediction of the Blessed Sacrament, where that's exposed for a period of time, and some additional prayers 
um, are, are chanted through. So, and then we usually after that is after the sacrament or the um, uh, exposition is over. Um, that's when we kind of finish up with that post with Ave Regina. And then, Father Mark here, I just would say that it's the a fancy way of praying uh, the the prayer of the church, uh, which we do morning and evening and so it's other part times of the liturgy of the hours liturgy of the hours except it's the the evening vespers or the evening prayer that we pray mm-hmm. and it's beautiful when it's sung like that there's nothing like that uh, people really appreciate that i know they i've heard that down there in um sioux falls how people appreciate that singing and the the beauty of that the vespers mm-hmm. that goes it's, on there and you it's, guys do it's very job. different Chance. and it, like you said it's, it's very beautiful and it's, it's actually an opportunity sometimes i found to invite or, or encourage non-Catholics to come to something at the cathedral that, that's not a Mass. Um, even though they might not understand all that's going on necessarily, they can appreciate the polyphony that we're doing. Yeah, as I said, I, I sing with the South Dakota Symphony Orchestra Chorus as well, and there's a couple of people um, who, who've been to that the Vespers in the past who aren't Catholic and just appreciate it for the, the music that's part of it. Beautiful. Tell us when the Vespers are happening down at the cathedral this year. Well, we started them um, this last Sunday, and they they um, 6 p.m. Sunday evenings in the nave of the cathedral. Um, we go every Sunday through Palm Sunday, um, and then Palm Sunday we actually have some special repertoire we sing um, for that prayer service that evening. Um, we, we change up. I can't remember which way, if it's the postlude or the prelude we change up, but we do a Vespula Vegi, <laughs> which is just really, really... The other ones are beautiful, but that one's really gorgeous, and usually is taken out um, sometimes as a separate excerpt and, and used um, by other choirs not doing, you know, a Vesper service like this. So, some good stuff. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chase. Too bad Rachel isn't feeling the best, and we'll pray for her throat that yeah, she, heals up and that she she'll is, be able to sing with you. Yeah, she's supposed to actually sing for TV Mass this weekend, so... Those prayers will be appreciated. <laughs> so okay. we will pray for you, Chase, and thank you for all that you do there in Sioux Falls. All right, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks. Well, well, Father, that sounds very interesting. Oh, <laughs> you're on, Father Mark Lichter. No break. No break. <laughs> no break. It's for just the straight weird. in. Just straight in. Straight, straight talk. In. Straight talk time, folks. No rest for the wicked. (laughs) Oh, we're heading straight into straight talk. Thank you to the Kramers for joining us this morning. This is your opportunity to call in with questions you might have on the faith, catechism, current events. Are you a do you have a speciality, Father? Boy, that's a I don't. Good, I don't know if I want to answer. Ask that question. Um, <laughs> they would say Father Mark is a, is more of a pastoral type priest. All right. I I would say exhortation would be one of the things that I do. Um, I try to encourage people and get people to okay. get excited about the faith. Well, if you have a question for Father Mark Lichter, please give us a call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Again, the number is eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two, and you can also submit any questions you might have for Father Mark Lichter on Facebook. 
any current events that are on the top of your mind this morning? Well, that's kind of putting me on the spot there. It is. Um, I, d <laughs> I don't have really anything <laughs> to, to speak about right off the top of my head, but okay. <laughs> maybe you have something that you want to say. Well, you know. To help encourage me. <laughs> How about ashes? Can I ask you a question? Yes. About the ashes. So we, a lot of us went to Ash Wednesday. A lot of us got the ashes on our head. I feel bad washing them off. They're blessed. They're holy. Are we supposed to wash them off? What's the rule of thumb? Well, I think it's one of those things where um, it's it's a form of sacrifice, actually, and then we kind of stick out. Yeah. So when you go to your workplace, or you go to your school, or you go wherever you go, um, it's a sign that something's different. Yeah. And we're really uh, being evangelists when we go out, and we have that on our foreheads. Right. Uh, maybe a little uncomfortable for some. Maybe some do wipe it off. Um, I would encourage people to keep it on, and as at least for the day, yeah, to celebrate Ash Wednesday and uh, beginning of Lent, and to remind us who we are. And so it's it looks like a smudge sometimes, and people might ask a question or two about it, and then you can tell people what it is. And this is a beautiful time to mm -hmm. really encourage people about the Lenten season and help so us when remember I, who we are. So when I go home and I'm washing my face at the end of the day. Do I need to wash it off a special way? I know I'm being crazy, but I don't think so. I mean, it, it obviously it's uh, dust, and to dust we shall return. Okay. <laughs> but they are blessed, you know. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. you know, what we do here, you, you know, is is we wash, wash it off our hands, and we'll push it down, put it on the sicorium, which is goes into the ground. But mm -hmm. I would say, from a practical standpoint, you just it goes down into the shower, you know, when you're yeah. showering or bathing or whatever you're doing, right? And so, just out of practicality, I don't think there's a problem with wiping <laughs> I've it off of there. That. <laughs> but it's a good thing. It's a good thing to um, uh, to keep it on there. Mm -hmm. And I, I did see that there was that person that um, at that school that made him uh, take it, it off. Is it Alabama or someplace? Yeah. Or no? Where was that at? Anyway, they had him remove Utah Utah from their forehead. Just a, f a fourth grader. Yeah, and, and it caused quite a stir, and uh, eventually they apologized, which is wonderful. And then it, you know, got out there. This little fourth grader was sticking up for the faith. Yeah, for what he was doing, and then uh, and then they turned it all around and and said they apologized, and and so there was some mm -hmm. some evangelization that went on there. Yeah, which is wonderful, and he was able to st stand up for his faith. Yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. I was a little surprised by it. I was too. You know. But so much of it is I think people just don't understand. If you don't understand, it's like a, just a smudge there and let's get it off your head, you know. Oh, sure. And that kind of thing. So I, I think there, I don't know how much of an intent was there, but it, right. you know, it seems like that, that could possibly happen pretty easily. Yeah. Um, they, so yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing, though. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you have any questions for Father Mark Lichter this morning, give us a call, 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And if you want to remain anonymous, we will let you do that. We have no way of checking. <laughs> you don't have to be shy about calling in with even the simplest of questions, 877-795-0122, or you can find us on Facebook and submit your question there. Very good. So I don't remain anonymous, so here I am. 
I know. It's hard for you, though. (laughs) (laughs) We've already announced who you are. I know. (laughs) So St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Are you ready for that? St. Patty's Day. I love it. Yeah. It actually falls on a Sunday this year. Yes. So is there going to be something different in the Mass that we're going to notice? No. Um, uh, the Sunday Mass uh, supersedes the <laughs> yes the solemnity of or the uh, celebration of St. Patrick's Day. People will still celebrate it on Sunday, I'm sure, mm-hmm. um, but we don't have a specific prayer. It'd be the I think it's the second Sunday of Lent. Is that right? Second yeah. or third? So yeah, second Sunday of Lent. Yeah. So yeah. we continue with the regular schedule on our on our masses. Yeah, St. Patty's doesn't. But it's a very popular. A lot Why of times do you suppose that is? Well, I just think they, they build a culture around that, and you know people celebrate. Uh, a good excuse to go out and have fun. <laughs> <laughs> that, that and, <laughs> you know, what is it? The corn, corn beef and... Uh, cabbage. Cabbage and all that. <laughs> um, there's just a lot of traditions around that. And, of course, St. Patrick was known for his great uh, evangelizing and, and mm-hmm. converting Do you know much Ireland. about him? A little bit, not not a whole lot, but I know. Did some you know he wasn't even Irish? Right, he came from <laughs> Great Britain. He was born in Great Britain, and then actually was made a slave. Yeah. In uh, when he was, I think, six years old, went into Ireland and was a slave. So he got to know that land there, and then and he ended up going back to Great Britain, and then he was had this conversion of of heart and became a priest and then a bishop, and then he went back and. Did all kinds of uh, journeying through the right. Ireland and building monasteries. He's kind of known for uh, building monasteries in in Ireland and huh. converting the people. Right, and right. Uh, has a long-lasting impact on all of us, even today. Yeah, you know, here in here in the United States. Yeah, well, that's coming up on Sunday, so plan accordingly. <laughs> a lot of times, it falls on Friday. When it falls on Friday, there's always a big controversy: can they eat meat or not eat meat? <laughs> <laughs> it gets, it's just fun to watch the people go back and forth. And uh, some places uh, ask the bishop if they can get dispensation. And oh, uh, it boy. goes on and on. It's like, and, uh, just eat the cabbage, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but it, it is a wonderful celebration. Mm-hmm. Here at Sacred Heart, they've had a, it's an Irish parish. So they've always had some different uh, celebrations oh, that fun. go around uh, St. Patrick's Day. Cool. This year we haven't had one, but. Uh, we're going to try and get that back going. Right. Well, if you have any questions for us this morning, this is Straight Talk. It's our segment where you get to call in and direct the conversation, ask Father Mark Lichter any question you might have on a current event or even on faith itself. You can call us at 877-795-0122. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. And you can also submit any questions on Facebook. So we're talking about St. Patrick's Day, and you have a lot of Irish up here. Now, are you guys having a special lunch? We aren't. Uh, this year we aren't, but they've had in the past, they've had some nice celebrations where mm. they have a, a nice dinner, and then they have a little program, and they do some singing, and they do some talking, and different things that they do. Fun. So it's uh, something we just have to reinvigorate, I think. As time goes on, it, the Sacred Heart Parish is more of a mixed group now, yeah. and people are coming in from all over the, sure. the place. So the Irish uh, part of it is not quite as uh, vivid as it used to be or as strong as it right. used to be. Did you see the number one topic that I have down here? Um, it's kind of a hot-button topic, um, and 
It's interesting, and I didn't know if you had time to read about it, Father. I did. It it's, uh, has to do with the uh, suing on behalf of aborted fetus. Fetus, I mean, fetus. Yeah. I don't like the way they use that word there. I, I know. It, it, it'd be nice if they could say a, a aborted human person. Right. Um, but we aren't there yet, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it, it was a very interesting article. They, they have a person that uh, ended up, a father that ended up, suing um, the hospital, et cetera, whoever mm -hmm. aborted their their baby. Yeah. And uh, they they actually built an estate for this aborted human being, mm. developed a estate for it, so made it uh, like a person. They're trying to get into that whole thing, a personhood. Sure. And uh, so on behalf of this aborted person, they are... They build an estate, and now they're suing um, the different people that were involved a great in it. Idea. It, is, it is a good idea. I love that. Um, it, when I was reading the article, though, it was it was saying that it's going to be very difficult. It's in the state of Alabama. They can do a lot of different things there with their constitution or whatever. But because we have Roe v. Wade since 1973 that allows abortion in our land, mm -hmm. it's going to be very hard to that an interesting to have that perspective. Um, so it's a it's a challenging one. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, if you have any questions, give us a call, 877-795-0122. We have our first question on the phone. We have a listener. Good morning. Are you? Oh, not on the phone. Sorry about that. So the question that they called in, when you start reading the Bible, where do you start? Which book of the Bible do you start with? That's a wonderful and very good question. I had a very wise pastor that I was under, Father Mike Wensing. He was known as the scripture priest mm -hmm. in Sioux Falls. He was really a good, uh, very uh, intellectual and very smart man when it came to a priest as far as the, the scripture. And he would a lot of times say to go to, first of all, one of the, like the gospel of Mark. Yeah. And just read that one through. But to get the fullness of the scriptures, it's to go to the Old Testament and start with Abraham. And that's in Genesis 18, I believe it is, mm -hmm. if, I, if I have that right. Um, and it, it's really the historical portion of starting with Abraham and out. Mm -hmm. And just start reading from there. It gets into the Exodus, etc. goes past um, that a little bit. But it gives you a good sense of how God saves his people. Mm -hmm. and, you know, built the faith with uh, Abraham, the father of faith, kind of starting from there in the Old Testament, and then going back to the uh, Gospel of Mark and mm -hmm. just reading that from the beginning to the end. And it's the shortest Gospel, and it gives a really good snapshot of, the, of Jesus Christ, who we encounter and who we hmm. have a relationship with. And so... I think it's a good way to do it. I've used that many times with people. They say, where do I go? Because there's so many books in the Bible, which means books. So you choose Mark because it is uh, the quickest snapshot? It is the, it, it's the uh, shortest and probably most concise in the sense of less words and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it gives you the basics of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord, the encounter that we would have with that person, Jesus, and with that event. Um, mm. And so, um, but it also, it, it tails back to the, you know, back into the new o Old Testament, uh, starting with the historical part mm -hmm. 
And then the whole thing with Exodus. Um, yeah. Even the whole book of Exodus, you could start reading, and it just talks about how God gathers his people together, and they had the slavery in, mm-hmm. in Egypt, and how they were released and went into the desert. And we're actually in the desert right now for um, Lent, and so that's kind of a mimic mm-hmm. of that whole thing of being freed from slavery. Sure. We're in the, I called it yes, the last week, the desert of snow. <laughs> that's so in, true. In, in uh, <laughs> South Dakota, and, and people are really caught in a desert, in, in mm-hmm. so to speak, in, in the snow. And I think it's yes. a good image for us to think about. Because I think we all feel, I mean, our snow has lasted, it seems like, forever. But can you imagine 40 years? I know, 40 years would be Eey. something. So and that's that building that trust and that, you know, whole thing with the community, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Israelite people. Wow. Well, if you have a question for us, please don't hesitate to call 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122 or you can submit a question on Facebook. So talking about uh, Lent, why is Lent not exactly 40 days? It is 40 days. Um, you know, you, you would count from Ash Wednesday and then the, you'd, the Sundays are like a little Easter or a little... Oh, they are? Yeah, a little Easter, so little Christmas. So I can Christmas. have candy? If you want to, I, I <laughs> you think there's, can have a, there's two cups a, of coffee. There's a huge uh, um, discussion on that, even in our office. Can we take, you know, and do whatever yeah? on Sunday? So, what's your view on that? Well, it used to be that I would uh, fast all the time. Sure. But this year, I decided I was going to relax my penance on drinking coffee. Is it because you're getting so old? I'm getting older too. <laughs> now. I'm getting more feeble, and uh, actually, the man who rides his bike everywhere. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Um, so people go back and forth on that. The real rigorous say you you can't do it on Sunday, and the laxy lax type people <laughs> you end up. Oh, so I'm a laxy. You could be a lax <laughs> lax type person. I might fit not that getting that word right, but that's all right. <laughs> so it just depends, but there's no hard fast rule. Yeah, about but there it. is 40 days in there if you if you count them out. Um, yeah. The Sundays take out the Sundays out, and then it becomes the 40 and then days. It, ends on was it holy thursday yep the last supper the last supper exactly Burr, you're uh, you're right up with it i try once so then we do the <laughs> we go into the triduum which is the three days that we treat as one day mm-hmm. uh, which is the pinnacle of our faith in our year mm-hmm. liturgical year it's it's bigger than christmas and most people don't think that way christmas obviously is very important it's the incarnation right and it actually is included in um the Easter Triduum mm-hmm. uh, because it's the life and the passion and the death and the resurrection and the ascension and then um, the gift of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's the fullness of that mm-hmm. and we get to celebrate it in three days. Yeah. It's the most beautiful time of the year for it that. It really is. In and the springtime and it's not going to snow this year, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Uh, at, at, uh, <laughs> on the Triduum, we're hoping that that's the case. Well, and I just, you know, I think Easter is one of my favorite seasons just because there's so much richness to be yeah. held. And um, I would recommend if you've never been to an Easter Vigil Mass, you know, some of them do all the readings and some narrow it down. But I think that's definitely worth your time to go to an Easter Vigil 
kind of explain the readings of the Easter Vigil, if you would. Yeah, they have they have a rite uh, at the Easter Vigil. Um, first, a lighting ceremony yes. where they start a new fire, light the new Easter candle. Um, so we have that part. Then they go into the Word of God, which is a a snapshot. They could have you could have seven or eight readings all the way through. Most people probably do about five. Most most parishes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a snapshot of the Old Testament, yeah. how God saves his people, kind of like what we were just talking about. Um, we usually read Genesis and Exodus and then um, one of the uh, prophets, Ezekiel or one of those. Uh-huh. And then they go into uh, a, a New Testament reading, which would be an epistle like St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the gospel, which will be the gospel of Luke this year. And a beautiful... Um, way of getting a kind of a sense of how God visited his people mm-hmm. and now he's going to rise from the dead and continue to be with us in the Holy Spirit. I love it. So it's a beautiful, it is a beautiful time. People miss out because they're, uh, Catholics are funny. We're funny people. We think that it's <laughs> got to go like exactly an hour. If you're, if you're actually less than an hour, they just get excited. They say, <laughs> Father, thank you so much. You did such a good job. Job today, it got done at five <laughs> minutes to whatever. Now I'm going to stand here and talk to you for five minutes. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then it, uh, if you go over five minutes, boy, you're the worst thing oh, since come on, Father. time ever happened. Get you know. it together. Yeah, no. But those those vigils are beautiful, and people that come to those want to be there. And it's uh, used to be in the old times, in in the early times of the year, they uh, of history, they would they would do it from. I'll say like midnight mm-hmm. on all the way through till sunrise. Mm-hmm. So they would make it kind of a come and a go thing. And it was just beautiful. Yeah. They would extend it throughout the, the day and they would have intermissions, so to mm-hmm. speak. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure it must have been quite uh, extraordinary back then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you have any questions for us, there's still time for you to call in. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877 877- Seven nine five zero one two two, or you can submit any questions you might have on Facebook. And they should try to wake up this morning. I know that I you know. can. It's like a a cold day, so they they can sleep in a little bit. Well, you know? I'm sure a lot of schools have been called off around the areas. Yeah. We've got that huge storm coming through. I know Rapid City was supposed to be getting a ton. I'm not sure if they've gotten any yet. Yeah, I, d- I haven't heard about Rapid. <coughs> but you know, give us a call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. And we will answer questions you might have on the Catholic faith or any current events that you might have heard about. So mm-hmm. we're talking about the Easter season, and we're talking about we, we've gone from ashes, Ash Wednesday and Ashes all the way over to the Easter Vigil and the Tritium. I've You said that name earlier. Can you define what Tritium is? Tritium is, it just means three days. Um, so it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday which wraps into Easter resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's three days there. And I always like to say, and I, most people say this, it's like three days treated it as one day. Mm. So they start Thursday with the, the Last Supper. They don't have a final blessing. You might notice that. Mm-hmm. They, they process out with the Eucharist and strip the altar. Yes. Place the Eucharist in another place where people can pray and vigil through. It's the very night. powerful if you're there for the Thursday. for the whole thing. If yes. you come there for the whole thing, people yes. miss the whole thing. So we don't do a blessing after the Holy Thursday. Then we go into Good Friday. A lot of times that's at one o'clock or three o'clock or whatever. But uh, 
everything is stripped there on the altar and that's the day the Lord died but it's the good news because he dies and it's going to we're anticipating the resurrection and but again it's beautiful to see the church in a way that you haven't before right you know covering up the crucifix and covering up any images and stuff it's like you really feel that loss yeah it's yeah that's very right very powerful you, you be a kind of an empty feeling you can if you go into the church the tabernacle is empty in the mm-hmm. main body of the church and it and almost so, makes me want to cry yeah i mean that, that's what it's it's supposed to do that and then of course, they have the Eucharist reserved at the side, so we don't lose Jesus in any way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord is still present to us, but it makes us yearn for God more and the good news that he's going ri- to you know, rise from the dead. Mm-hmm. And then there's no blessing at the end of that one. We yeah. do a, we do a uh, veneration of the cross. Um, and uh, Is there communion at that one? There, There is communion. It's the only day that they don't have the sacrifice of the Mass or the Eucharist. Okay. They do have so communion that we save and then we give out. Um, that's can always be a challenge, too, to make sure you have enough of the Blessed Sacrament there right. for the crowds. Um, but it's so the only on day we don't celebrate the Eucharist. So through the church, the entire church, that's one day of the year. No Eucharist. No, that's bless- that's no There's no celebration sacrifice of, of, the, of the Mass. Sacrifice of the Mass that's interesting. And then there's no uh, closing blessing again. It doesn't mm-hmm. close. And then we go right into the vigil. Mm-hmm. So we're vigiling all the way up to the... For us here at Sacred Hearts, is at 8.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And they have this uh, beautiful darkness that comes in. And then and then we do the fire and all that. It's just wonderful. And then we bring... People are coming into the faith, into the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. So we have baptisms. This year we have two. And we're going to have several people that are coming into the making a profession of faith receiving confirmation in the eucharist it's a it's a really a wonderful night yeah we have a beautiful faith don't we it's a beautiful thing i love it well we still have a few minutes left this is straight talk it's not just father and i goofing off although we do have we fun. are kind of goof- goofing <laughs> off a little bit heather's got some great questions though. boy this is great if you have any questions you'd like to ask, 877 It can be on a completely different topic. We don't care. 877 or you can submit any questions on Facebook. So I'm naturally a very inquisitive person. That's probably why they put me on the radios, because I keep asking questions. Question that's bothered me for quite some time, Father. We Because I enjoy going to all of the masses when it comes to Holy Week. Yeah. There isn't three days between his death and resurrection because I go on Friday to that mass, and I don't know if it can be called a mass since there isn't the consecration, but I go to that service, and then the very next day I go to the vigil, and it's usually like 8.30. So in my mind, it's like 24 hours. Yeah. I don't it, get it. <laughs> well, and, you know, maybe somebody else can help me with this, but it, <laughs> there's no one else it, here. It would Father. be, it would be, um, <laughs> you know, it's really the passion starts Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he, he gives his body and blood to the, to the, uh, apostles. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the agony in the garden. Yeah. Then he moves from there to good Friday. I mean, all that goes on. And then it, um, dies at three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, and then 
um, because of the Sabbath, which is on Saturday, uh, they couldn't bury him there. So he actually, um, they took his body or whatever and he rose from the dead. It'd be Easter Sunday. Mm -hmm. So there is three days there, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Saturday moves into Easter Sunday. Right, right. So it's it's a, a you know, three days where he, I don't know if that makes any sense. You're looking at me a little quizzical. Well, I'm, but I'm, it, I'm it would computing be, it all. That's it'd fine. It would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, you know, we, we talk about Saturday uh, evening into the vigil, which goes mm -hmm. into into Sunday. Yeah. The resurrection. So it would it'd be uh, almost like four days. No, but it's three, <laughs> day, it's three days. But it's, it, you know, it begins with the Holy Thursday okay. evening and then uh, goes through Saturday. Okay. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then, then there's the resurrection on right. Sunday, the day right. of the sun, the day of the resurrection, right. and the vigil. The vigil is actually the, the resurrection, right? But we're have the new water, the new fire, um, and then the gift of Easter resurrection. Very good. Well, so I've confused you even more, but that's all right. We'll have somebody call in and. Oh, we are. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Well, we're getting close to the end. The number is 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122 is the phone number to call. So we just have a couple minutes left here before we are done. Um, the Feast of St. Joseph is during Lent. And for our diocese, he is a big deal. Yeah, for our diocese, it'd be uh, the patronal feast uh, or a uh, patronal saint and mm -hmm. you know the diocese of sioux falls has a patron of saint joseph saint joseph's cathedral right so our mother uh, church here in the diocese is named after saint joseph but also saint joseph would be the patron of the universal church so it's it's a beautiful really solemnity that's why it's a solemnity but i think one of the things about saint joseph that's so powerful is is the fact that he uh, just did his vocation he just lived his vocation and he didn't have any fanfare he didn't do it with a big splash he just did it in they always call it, call it the hidden life of saint joseph yeah where he just took care of the holy family and uh you know they say that he probably lived a pretty short life in the sense of taking that vocation and you know getting the lord raised or whatever and then mm -hmm. They say he probably died young, is kind of what tradition would say. But he uh, he's quite an example for obedience, uh, sacrifice, um, staying committed, uh, doing the doing the work in a hidden way without any uh, publicity, that kind of thing. He is just kind of opposite of the world. Right. When you think about that. He really is. And uh, so we do celebrate. We do an Alleluia during that time. Well, I don't know if we do an Alleluia, but we we do uh, the glory to God. Uh, no, we do a glory on that day. It's a, the 19th is a Tuesday. Yeah. So there's a regular, like a Sunday Easter celebration. Well, I think that's our signal that our time is up. And we get a break? We get a break. All right. Uh, but when we come back, uh, this is just a reminder that we have this segment every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at 930 so if you have any questions, you can always call in with your questions on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and 30. So um, Thursday, coming up after this short break, a parish mission that is invoking all your senses, plus a ticket giveaway to a ball. We'll be right back. <laughs> 